Live, it's on Friday. There you go. Boom. You guys don't understand what that feels like. You can hear yourself speak, but I can't. You know what I mean? That's like <laughs> instantly become deaf. <clears throat> All right, guys. Hopefully, you're having a good morning so far. It's going to be a great Friday. It's going to be a great weekend. Man, we're just moving into this, uh, moving into a new season. A new year is upon us. And we're going to close out, um, I think, the discussions on being specific about your future part five. There was something I was going to add to the title that Mike, we didn't add, but I can't remember what it was. Man, I forgot. Remember that? It was, I texted Ezra. All right. So yeah, that may have been my fault. That's all right. That's all right. Be specific about your future part five once you know. Once you know. There you go. So yeah. once you know. What about once you, once, you, once you know? My apologies. That's all right, man. That's all right. Listen, this is, this is you know, this is uh, this what happens when we're just live. <laughs> Mike's like, live, baby. Mike's like, wait a second. You know, Ez makes a mistake and you... And you're saying it's my fault. I should have double checked it. No, Mike's like, I make a mistake. No, 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 no. (laughs) No. See, this is the benefit of being the subordinate. (laughs) I take responsibility for the subordinate. Look at that. See, Elisa knows. She said what to do once you know. She's paying attention. Come on now. That's what I'm talking about. I just got to say, I I just want to say really quick before we get into it. My day started off great. It was, you know, obviously I talked about it Monday. I started working out this week and um, I walked in this morning and did my check-in. And the same guy's always there in the morning, and he looked at me this morning. And I had to take my AirPods out, and he goes, "Congrats, bro! You did it one week." Nice. It was just it was just that little bit of encouragement that just got my day going. Mm, it's yep. great. Absolutely. My my trainer told me the other night. He's like, "Man, congrats! You didn't throw up." No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going back this evening, man. Let's see what's going on. I'm excited about it. I'm actually feeling really good, and um, hope you guys are as well. But I, you know, I just feel something. I feel a, I feel an expectation in my spirit, in my heart. And that's, you know, and that's, I want to focus on that, being specific about your future, but what to do once you know, you know, once you know. And I think that when you know, I think that's kind of, it kind of helps in the, the direction of your vision. It helps you in the getting up in the morning once you know. And, you know, matter of fact, I'll, I'll flip it on the other side. If you don't know, right, you're, you're, that's when you give up, you know, and, and it's, it's the, uh, it's the unknowing. It's the non-direction. So this morning, I want to talk about once you know. If we can pull that up, we're going to get into it. But um, you know, just uh, some of the books here too. I know you guys hear me talk about uh, Lead to Be Lunch a lot. Um, we have a few copies left around here uh, where I can sign some. But these are this is a book that was uh, published. Uh, the bottom two books that are available: Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Books a Million, uh, Powell Books. Sales pros get paid. Amateurs don't. Come on, that's a good book on the bottom. And then Lead or Be Lunch. And uh, we have a whole leadership series and mentorship course I do on this. But uh, Leader Be Lunch, Jensen Franklin um, actually in, uh, did one of the uh, endorsements on the back. Bill Purvis um, and uh, Tim Jocelyn, which is a, a sergeant major, retired in the uh, military. So we have some pretty cool um, people that uh, kind of promoted that book. So what to do when you know it, right? And let me say this. Maybe you know what year it is, right? Maybe you knew it before you ever decided to look you know, into, you, you know, uh, what you're doing before you started the business, before you, you know, before you um, wrote the book or whatever it is, perhaps, you know, you're the greatest, right, person in your field. Maybe you have the gifts of all gifts, right? So I want to, I want to just say this, you know, maybe that's who you are, but to be, you know, a believer, right, is to serve God and to serve those around you. And it's important to understand what your why is. And so in, once you know, 
you know, but before you know, you got to get to know. So I want you to catch up if you're watching this. Is this the right page, Mike? This is the one we left off on yesterday. Okay. And then I've got the next page right here. Okay, thank you. All right, go back. Yes, sir. So once you let me ask you a question, man. Once you knew, right? Once you once you knew, you know, what what you were supposed to do. I mean, how long did it take you, first of all, to, to figure that out? Years. Okay. Um, years because uh, my biggest weakness is dealing with authority. Mm-hmm. And my biggest gift is servanthood. I've talked about it, you know, throughout the week. Um, that is my gift. That's what I'm passionate about, being able to serve others. And the hard part I had and, you know, the way I've, I had to battle through it for years was um, mm-hmm. I've had the biggest problem with authority for the vast majority of my life. Um, and just learning how to submit to authority over me allowed me to not only be able to, you know, find my it. Cause I, you know, I, I struggled with it for years. You know, I, I never fully felt fulfilled when I was serving and it was always because I had an issue with my leadership. You know, mm-hmm. I've gotten in arguments with pastors, um, my leaders before to the point where they've asked me to step down. And I just, I, I never saw that that's my stubbornness and my problems with authority was what was keeping me from being able to put, pursue that passion of mine. I am a servant. I have a servant's heart and I love to serve. And, and it was interesting though me. that you, <clears throat> and then interesting that so when you have your gift, once you know, you know, then there's going to be this anti-gift. When I was like younger, you know, there was this, uh, you know, there was this show, uh, I'm sure my age here, but there was this show called He-Man, <laughs> yep. you know, but there was this, there was this like fake He-Man, you know, and I guess Superman, they have the, 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 the one, that's the guy that looks like Superman, but he's not Superman, but um, he dresses like him, you know, you know what I'm talking about. He has a very specific name and I can't remember. Yeah. It. The, um, the anti-Superman. And you know what? In Christ, there's the antichrist, right? There's, there's the opposite of, so even Bizarro, he, Bizarro, there you go. And, and it's crazy because even when you know your gifting inside you, there's this counterfeit that, you know, that presents itself and it, it fights directly against his gift, meaning that it can even be an attribute or not an attribute or characteristic that, uh, you have to kill. You know, um, I've studied temperament therapy a little bit, you know, and, uh, you know, choleric and sanguine and, and melancholy and what have you. And, you, you know, you can take temperament tests and so forth. And then the key here is, look, you're born and you have these temperaments. You have these things. I'm a, I'm a, a choleric, sanguine, you know, not necessarily in that order, but, you know, I'm somewhat controlling and I'm also a, a people person and outgoing. So that combination, you know, is, is there's some very strong strengths. You know, and then there's some very, very deep weaknesses. And then, of course, there's the Enneagram, you know, that um, I'm, an, I'm a number three, like with a wing. Uh, I think a wing four <clears throat> is my Enneagram. And uh, these are some cool things you could do to kind of, to kind of uh, you know, put some, some characteristics out there. But one of the things I've noticed that there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a good and a bad. So when you find your it and you know what it is, there's this, there's this counterfeit, you know, that comes and presents itself a lot of times that's been there all the time that you have to constantly fight against. So, for instance, if your gift is to, you know, light a fire on the inside of people, you're a... You know, you're a person who lifts people up and motivates people. There could also be this deep counterfeit that presents itself. And this is going into what once you know. That's that once you know, you got it. Listen, once you know, it's not like, okay, now I know, man, it's all like tulips and roses. And I can just, you know, walk through the meadows and the, the, the you know, the, it's like breezy. And it's like, my God, man, it feels so great. And man, I'm just going to conquer the world. It's like, yeah, but expect opposition. As a matter of fact, you know, your dream will your dream will encourage many, will inspire many, but it also summons opposition. 
it will also summon opposition. So this counterfeit in you or this, 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 this alter ego, this thing that you have to constantly fight against and, and eventually really kill and, and is, is going to rise up. And a lot of times it's the exact thing and it's part of you that will prevent you from reaching the gift. So it's almost like God goes, you know what? I'm, I love a challenge. You know, it's almost like God was, I love a challenge. <clears throat> I'm going to create this person with this gift, and I'm going to place this purpose on their life. I'm going to make it evident after they really pray about it and, and you know, go th- and, you know, and, and go through a process. I'm going to develop them. I'm going to develop their character. I'm going to develop their the patience in them and, you know, really their prayer life and their walk with me. They're going to depend on me, and I'm going to show them this purpose. And then, once you know, so then I'm going to, you know, really they're going to spend time overcoming the giants in their life and the giants have brothers and sisters and so forth. And then these giants are going to be there and they're going to try to thwart or keep them from this purpose. Because this, here's the thing, this purpose is big and it's real. And the reality is once you become, think about this, once you become really good at something, you know, I, I, uh, I'm, a, I'm also a minister, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of be a little transparent here with you. Um, you know, I, I can move people, you know, well, before I get into that, I, I started out as in ministry, you know, um, scared to death, you know, and I remember the first time that I was really asked to publicly preach, not speak, not get like a few people. I'm talking like someone put me on the spot in front of a couple hundred people and then said, Hey, tomorrow night, so to speak, come back to this meeting series of meetings and you preach. And I said, I can't publicly. He's like, you want to, Hey David, we're glad to see you back there. Won't you come and speak? I'm like, I I can't, I guess I'm okay. No problem. I didn't. I actually lied. And I was sitting there and the Lord convicted me and and said, this is what I purposed you to do. This is what I called you to do. And you know, if I, and and you're saying no. So immediately it was the offering or what have you, everybody's praying. And I got up and I walked up to him while everybody had their eyes closed and I whispered in his ear and said, I'll do it. And then he said, okay, great. David's going to do it. And I'm like, oh, great. You know, so I came in that night and I, I mean, I was as nervous as a long tail cat in a room full of rocking chairs, man. You know, I was like, I mean, for like two days, man, I didn't sleep. My stomach was like grumbling. I was like, oh my God. And I'm, I'm studying like the whole Bible, right? You know what I'm talking about? If you, those of you that ever had to do something like that for the first time, I mean, I'm like, I mean, from Genesis to Exodus, my notes were like 16 pages long. <laughs> I'm like, I got like 17 sermons out of it. You know, now I don't really use notes a lot, but here's the deal. I got there to before the service, like five hours early, no, not really, but early. And I walk in every aspect of nervousness, right? And going, oh my God, this is going to be horrible. And he goes, hey, come on, you can use my office and you sit in here and, and study. And this is uh, like 19, this is like early, like mid 90s. So I go in to his, uh, or 97, I go into his office and the Holy Spirit clearly speaks to me and says, throw your notes away. And I was like, what? I'm like, get behind me, Satan. No, but anyway, so like throw, <laughs> <laughs> throw your notes away. And, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, it's, I mean, I knew it was the Lord and I'm arguing with him. And you, how, how many know when you argue with the Lord, right? When you know what ha- we're talking about today, right? Being specific about your future, but once you know, when you argue with the Lord, how many know you lose? Uh-huh. And so, so I'm arguing with them and arguing with them. And I finally threw them away. And I'm like, what am I going to do? The service is like an hour away. You know, now it's like 30 minutes away. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. And I'm already terrified. So I get in, open a scripture. It was, a, it was something that I'd been studying in my personal life. It was in Hebrews. And it was just something that, that God said, that's what I've been preparing you for. You've been reading this from your personal life. I get up and I'm doing, I'm telling you, it's like one scripture, maybe two. So, I mean, like I'm talking about like not a lot and I'm like, okay. And so in the long story short, I get up and I get and I, in the anointing of the Holy Spirit took over 
at that time, my wife and I think my two older kids, my younger daughter wasn't born and my, my younger kids, they they never seen anything like this out of me. And I just preached under an anointing and it was like, it was only 10 minutes, but I mean, it was the best 10 minutes, man. Let me tell you, it was, it was like, boom. And, and so here's my point, my point in a, a long story, you got a little, little history lesson there for me. My, the long story point was this, I, I, the anointing makes the difference, but once you know, okay, once you know, you're going to be fighting with this counterfeit permanently and it's going to kind of rear its head up and it's going to bring his family with him. And so I can tell you that since then there's been many a time the anointing makes a difference and I don't ever want to get up. I beg God. I ask God every time for the anointing. And I mean, I get in front of him and I, and I say, God purify me, wash me, you know, cleanse me. God, I don't deserve this, but, but anoint me. But here's the deal. Many, many times I've gotten up and I've moved people without the anointing. My point is, is that when you get good at something or when it's your it, and when it's your purpose, you can, you can do it. You can do it without God to a degree. You can get good at it. But listen, once you know, but God, I believe wholeheartedly places those counterfeits or allows those counterfeits to be in our life to keep us in a place where we always depend on him. Because Samson did that. You know, the strongest man that ever lived, right? He knew once he knew his gifting, you know, and then he knew that he wasn't supposed to cut his hair. He knew his gifting was like, I mean, you're, just, you're a strong man. You're anointed. Look what he did. He fought for the kingdom of God. He accomplished things for the Lord. But here's the deal. He laid his head in the lap of Delilah and then gave his source of strength up over the course of time. Didn't give it up for a while, right? Wrestled with it, fought this counterfeit. This counterfeit was there his entire life, but he fought this counterfeit. And then as he got to the one place, you know, and thinking I'm going to fight it like I always do, you know, he laid his head and he gave one too many secrets away. So when the source of his strength was given and then take it, subsequently taken, listen, here's the deal. The Bible clearly states that Samson got up when the enemy came and he said, I'm just going to do, I'm paraphrasing this, what I always do. I'm just going to do what I always do. I'm going to get up. And I'm going to take care of him. And then he said he shook himself and he didn't, listen, he, this is where the fear, fear terrifies me. He didn't realize that the presence of God had left him. He got up, shook himself, went to grab him, and he didn't even realize that God wasn't there. And so, I mean, once you know, I think is when you have to set a battle against the thing that will pop up against you. So if you're called to be a servant, you're going to struggle with selfishness. You're going to struggle with resentment towards people, maybe asking you for help, maybe taking advantage of it or seemingly taking advantage of it. I had a situation um, many years ago. Um, I was on stage on a Sunday mm-hmm. and it had been a few months and some things had gone on in my life. And, you know, at the time I hadn't realized how far I'd kind of drifted away um, from God. And it was in a very quiet moment um, in between songs. And I just heard a whisper in my ear that says, you need to step down. Mm. And I looked out and, you know, as a worshiper, as somebody who's on stage, um, the best feeling in the world is looking out and seeing people just in, in the spirit. And I would look out and everybody was just kind of stone faced. And like this, it, it just didn't feel like the spirit had moved that morning. And mm. when I heard that whisper, I knew I was causing something to not be able to move. Mm -hmm. And in that moment I knew I had to step down and I had, I literally, I stepped down for six months 
stopped playing for six months. I mean, I still played at home, but I did not play in church and I had to relearn how to worship. I had to relearn how to worship and get back right with God before God told me, okay. Yeah, because it, he wanted you back at the heart of what it was for. Yep. And you know, um, because people have told me, people have told me, and I'm not a cocky person at all. So please don't take it that way. People have told me all my life, you know, I'm really good at playing the drums and you're talking about that. You can be good at something, but you're still not using your gift the right way. And the world is full of, yeah, the world is full of good people. You know, I say this uh, to my sales guys. I'll say this to you, you out there now, because it really applies to everything. There's always gonna be someone better than you. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, the very moment that, that someone becomes number one, the, the person that's going to beat their record is probably already born, if not even right behind them. So, I mean, you know, so who cares how good somebody is? Talent, that's what I go on yesterday when I said potential doesn't matter. Talent won't, doesn't matter. Potential doesn't count. Because it's, the world's not impressed by that. You know, that's why, um, you know, I think it's imperative that churches, imperative. So hear me, imperative that churches you know, and we are doing this. You have to compete with the technology that's out there. If you're going to be on, you know, I think that you're, you need to be excellent. You need to do things excellent. But I'm going to tell you, the world's not impressed by that. They, they, they expect that. And so here's the, the yeah, my pastor I know is, they're really good at this. I mean, they're probably the best in the, in the nation, you know, uh, Radiant Church. I mean, I think the best I've seen as far as connecting technology and, and excellence as far as uh, multimedia and, you know, multi-campuses. I mean, just amazing. They're, they're everything that you would want. And I'm going to tell you something. Haven't, I've had a, a little bit of this conversation, but I've heard him also say this with him. And I'm going to tell you that that is because the world, will, the world won't listen without it. But what makes the difference is the anointing. What makes the difference is what the church only can bring. So when your gift meets God's anointing, that's when a difference is made that will change the world. And so, you know, let me, <clears throat> let me just touch really for a second, kind of not shift, but I want to, I want to make sure I add this because there's some listening right now and you could be, especially in the beginning of a new year, you know, we're talking about all this. You can get, uh, and it, this is, listen, this is marketplace ministry. I mean, there's no mistake here that we're in a, I'm in a 13,000 square foot office um, here at our studios plugged into, and we're, we, you know, we have a lot of employees and we are a, a for-profit business. I mean, <clears throat> we'll probably do $20 million in business, you know, this year, we, you know, with everything that we do, we're, we're, you know, a, a large company, but here's the thing. This is a marketplace ministry. Mm -hmm. This is a min this is a ministry. So so make no mistake about it. You're listening. This will lather up the ministry side of you. You know what I mean? So then, what happens with that? Sometimes, if we don't, if we're not careful, especially as entrepreneurs, as business owners, you know, we'll look at this and we'll just stop working, or we're we we do not know what to do. And how do I do it? Do I just stop? Do I just do I just minister? And you know, it's the biggest identity crisis. And this is be, this is where coming being specific about your future has to come in. It's the biggest identity crisis that you will face. As a believer, what, you know, how do I fulfill my calling and fit in the world, you know? And, um, and I want to encourage you, there's, that's, my, that's really what God, I believe, God's placed on my heart in the marketplace side of things. I mean, we have products that we do, but the marketplace side of things, that's what I want to inspire you to tap into. I want to help you and help others figure out that because that's something that God's shown me and, and it's come over prayer and seeking God for that in the desire to see people, you know, minister outside of the four walls of the church, because that's where the ministry should take place. So for Jesus, all of his ministry took place. And so, you know, let's talk about this for a second. I want to say this, I want to encourage you as you really, really, if you really want it, okay. And you're in the, 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 the work side, 
the business side, the entrepreneur side, you want to start a business or ministry side, and you want to bring in some more streams of income and things like that. I will say this, ready? Blessings follow those who are doing the work that they were made and created to do. I'm going to say it again. Blessings follow those <clears throat> who are doing the work that they were made and created to do. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the if, the operative word, or in a, in a form of a that. That are doing the work that they were called and created to do. Maybe you're not. If you're doing just a good work, but it's not the God work for you, then maybe that's why you're struggling. Maybe God, God spoke to me for a long time. And I'm, I'm, hopefully I'm speaking to somebody here because when I told you I was anointed and I spoke, you know, listen, it's very easy for me to have followed in the footprints and there's nothing wrong with what my grandfather and uncles and people in my family did. They were in what you would call full-time ministry. A lot of them struggled and there's nothing wrong with struggling. If God calls you into a certain thing, then he'll make a way. You don't have to be, you know, a millionaire. You don't have to make a bunch of money, whatever. My point is, is that the, I thought this is how I needed to minister. I need to minister in a church behind a pulpit and I'm speaking to people right now. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, I, I fought I fought because that wasn't necessarily that, that, that the, the hearing, that wasn't what God called me to do in that way, at least at that season. And I'm going to tell you that I fought it and I fought it and I fought it. My wife, people around me, although they loved God, they loved ministry. They loved the whole, the Holy spirit, the anointing. They loved life change. They knew. And they told me and I fought it and I fought it and I fought it and I was broke and I was busted, and I was disgusted, and I was running into every roadblock that could possibly be there. And they weren't roadblocks that, you know, that God would just overcome. These were things that David was bringing into his life. So I'm going to tell you that today, this in the last decade, I've preached more in a pulpit than I ever did back then, number one, by running a business and speaking and doing things. But then again, I've also preached more in a pulpit than I ever did back then. But yet I found my purpose over a lot of identity crisis, over a lot of fighting, over a lot of things. And I'm still working those things out because, because there's a way to make a difference in this world. So when you're doing the thing that you were created to do and you really let God work, it really is real that he'll bless you and his blessing and his will will be so much greater than what you could have done on your own. Money should, money should be an incentive not a motivation for you to do quality work, but it's an incentive. It's a tool. And if you are in a place, I'm going to just say this, and then I don't know why I'm going this direction. Maybe, maybe some people need to hear this, but if you'll, if you'll buy into this and hear this and grab a hold of this, okay, that money should be a tool in this phrase that the church is wore out. Okay. Wore out. They don't, I don't, I'm almost hesitate using it, but I need to make a point. If he can get it through you, He'll get it to you. The church has worn it out. And, and I think some people have even bastardized it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like in other words, you know, just you misused it, mistreated it. But it does, it means so much. If God can depend on you to be a conduit, to be a pass-through for his finances, and there's things that he's called you to do in that. There's people that he's gifted to make money and be kingdom financiers and be, be, be conduits and, and hire people and grow businesses for the kingdom of God and do things. And I'm going to tell you, outlets of ministry will come out of that and fulfillment will come out of that. So I want to encourage you that money should not be uh, a motivation, but it should be an incentive for you to do quality work. And it ultimately becomes a tool to you. And when you hold it loosely, when you hold money loosely, hear me somebody, when you hold it loosely 
and you, and, and you not only tithe, you give, you, you give offerings, but you hold it loosely as well. Then God uses that tool. And as long as he can use that, I'm going to tell you right now, he'll constantly replenish it and he'll pour it out. I'm telling you, it'll happen. And I, you know, if you want to change something in 2021 and you want to be successful like never before, don't let it be the motivation, but let it be an incentive, but say, God, I want you to allow me, right? I want you to allow money to be a tool in my hand and help me bring into focus what you've called me to do because blessings follow those who are doing the work they were created to do. Favor does. Okay. Your, it has to be bigger. Your, it has to be bigger than the money. It has to be bigger than the obstacles that are faced in front of you. God and life, by the way, both work in mysterious ways. And stress, right, comes to those who are about to reach a breakthrough in these areas, okay? It's common for you to feel like, you know what, maybe I just had indigestion and this wasn't really a vision from God. And am I really hearing this right? And is, is this really what God said? I'm going to tell you that God and life both work in mysterious ways. Stress comes to those who are about to reach a breakthrough. Why? Because something that's about to break is at the highest level of stress, the fiber of the very being of whatever's about to break is under intense and immense pressure. But here's the deal. When you release that pressure to God, when you release that to God to say, you called me to do this, you will qualify me and I want to do it for your purpose. And I'm going to hold this loosely. I'm going to tell you your it needs to be strong enough and it will be strong enough to handle this. What do you say? It's funny because honestly, when you asked me how long it took me to struggle with my it, um, <laughs> I really actually that sounded funny. Like really, how long it took you? Like, like it's like it's sitting next to you or something. You're like, how long did it take me? But to honestly, what's funny is I never, I never really discovered my it until I started working at IPD years ago. Mm -hmm. And I came in with one, you know, one purpose. I was hired to work on IT, mm -hmm. and you saw something in me to start working for mm -hmm. um, the AV side of things, right? And I had never really considered that. I had done some work you know, here and there on my own personal like projects that I was doing, mm -hmm. but I had never really considered going that venture. Mm -hmm. And then I realized at that moment when you asked me to start doing it and I started doing it and I was good at it and I was, I was good at it. And I was like, this is actually fun for me. Mm -hmm. I started discovering like, it's not just, you know, drumming is my gift. Mm -hmm. I have a gift, but mm -hmm. it's not my it. Right. My it is serving. Mm -hmm. And that's what I do more so. And I, you know, you as my leader were able to see that I was more of a servant than I was just a, he's here to do one job. <clears throat> and there's more in you. I, I want you to know that it's not, it's not, <clears throat> don't stop. You know, in this year, this, one of the things that God's dealt with me on as a leader here, even in this organization, you know, is, um, you know, it's sometimes we always look at like, I need to bring in different people. And we do, we always need to bring in people and add people. And, you know, there's always th that, but there's also, you know, really, um, you know, shuffling around some responsibilities adding to there's people that could be in your organization or around you that are gifted to handle something that you got the wrong person handling and i'm going to tell you that, that when you start to line up the it's and the passion the passions and the it's with of people with your organization your ministry your family i'm gonna tell you something then all of a sudden people become alive and then you get more people to do it because they want to rather than they have to and so I'm going to encourage you. So there's more in, in Mike, there's more in Ezra, there's more in us. And here's the pressure on us leaders. And this is a pressure on me. And I'm, again, I'm being vulnerable here, but I think it's the only way to teach. The pressure on it is, look, we have things going on in our life. I'm going to walk out of this studio and I'm going to get it. I'm going to get not hit in the face. I'm going to get, but I'm going to get presented with the day presented with everything that I have to do. And then time doesn't stop. So your, your to-do list is there, you've added to it. And then so one of those things we have to make time for, I just set time this past week and I made it where 
uh, a week from this coming Monday is our company leadership uh, meeting. We're going to set time aside. We're going to go over and it's going to be at a time where we're not distracted. And it's going to be where we can set aside because, because what happens is procrastination kicks in. So there's things that I have to do as a leader that I have to be able to say, okay, so these thoughts that I have of put of, of opening up some new avenues for individuals to line up some passions for them to, to also help us get to where we're going. You can't sit on that too long <clears throat> because, because time doesn't stop. And then, you know, you could have people get frustrated and say, well, I mean, there's no purpose for me here or whatever. So there's a challenge all the way around, even for leaderships. But let me say this as, as we begin to wrap it up. And, um, you know, I, I, actually, I love uh, Eddie put out Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He surpasses our understanding. He moves in the impossible. I love it, right? Mm-hmm. He does. He passes our understanding. Um, one of my favorite scriptures as well, Dana. And, um, you know, for followers of Jesus, you know, let me say this. We understand our time on earth here, regardless of how much more, how much longer it is, is, is short. And so it serves us to prepare, right, uh, for our life after we leave. So we are living on borrowed time. For some that, you know, this may, uh, you may view this as negative or whatever, but here's the deal. I view this as differently. While you're here on earth, God wants you to make an impact. Or why would we be here? And if eternity is what it's all about, because compared to our 90, 80, whatever amount of years we're going to live on this earth is nothing, right? Eternity is so much more vast. And if that's what it's about, why wouldn't we just be there? Well, there's an impact that needs to be made. And so God wants you to create, make an impact. He wants you to reach out and touch the hearts of other people. So how we choose to do this, I believe is our it. So while you're here, it's up to you to find your it. As a leader of a household, as a leader of a classroom, an office, a community, it'll be up to you to help others find their it, not only you as well. So if you know your it, begin to help others find their it. I believe this, if you go into it, with an with a very very god centered you know uh mindset then he's going to show you how you can monetize and and take care of yourself he'll bless you and possibly you got a business that could be created you know there's some things that you can do and you can look back on this and go man you know what wow that was god's plan all along and it's like you know you went around a mountain 75 times instead of really releasing it to him so i'm going to i'm going to say get to know those around you right? Find out what makes them tick. The worst thing that 2020 could have done for some people, right? And I'm just, we're just blessed that it didn't, we were able to come here and not miss a beat. You know, very, very quickly, our church reopened and now our church is just thriving in person. I know 80% of the churches in the nation are closed down still. Some permanently, some small churches will have you. But here's the biggest thing that it did to hurt, I think, people. And, it's, and this is where the enemy came in and really, really, really utilized this season. Isolation. So get to know those around you. Find out what makes them tick. We need this community, right? Find out what they enjoy. Find out what their skills are, right? Sometimes the it's of others will complement yours. And that's the divine connections. God, God is all about connecting people. And I'm going to tell you, you're it if it's worth an it. <laughs> if it's worth an it, right? If it's worth an it, then it's going to involve other people. It's going to involve other people. And so you need to find out what makes them tick. Sometimes you're it and they're it will complement one another and it works in unison. You'll be able to accomplish much more than, 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 than you can by being away from somebody or by yourself. So to lead us to serve and by serving those around you, I believe this, they'll begin to look up to you and begin to look to you. And then you know what? All of a sudden, you know, they got to increase your leadership lid. So help others and allow the Lord to help you in pursuit of your it. All right. So let me ask you and leave you with these couple questions here as we, as we end um, and what environment do you feel that you could best 
assist and reach others. What's your best environment, you, to reach other people, to assist other people? And then and another question I would ask is, are you helping others efficiently currently through the usage of your it? Are you currently using and operating and working inside of the it that God's placed in your life to impact others? That's my question. Those are the questions to ask ourselves. What do you think? It's good. It's good. Uh, I posted it already um, for you guys. Song of the day today because I felt I felt very, you know, I was scrolling through my. Like, I have like three different playlists that all have four or five hundred songs apiece, mm-hmm. and "Won't Stop Now" just kind of stuck out to me because it's one of those songs. It's just a reminder that God's not going to stop. Love it. The miracle, the, that miracle, that breakthrough, breakthrough is, is coming. Yep, is is one step away. You know, Furtick had a message years ago that says, don't stop on six. And that song reminds me of that message. And I remember watching it. And uh, uh, Alisa, I will, uh, I'll paste those questions in the chat in just one second. But yeah, I, I just felt like, you know, people are starting to, you know, they've got their goals set out for the year. Just remember, it's not going to stop. It won't stop. Amen. Amen. All right. So we'll get those questions posted in. We'll see you guys Monday. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. First weekend of 2021 one week down, actually second baby. weekend second weekend because <laughs> it started on we started friday. on a weekend it started on a weekend it started on friday second weekend in 2021 first at the end of a uh, the brand new work week i hope you guys had a great week have a great day